Welcome to Club Core, an interdisciplinary podcast exploring science stories. I'm your host, Dr. Angel Core, an assistant professor of neuroscience at UNC Asheville. Each episode of this podcast is created by undergraduate students enrolled in one of my courses. So join us as we delve into a variety of topics with one simple goal, to get it less wrong. Hello and welcome to anybody who is listening. My name is Francisco Carrillo Villagrana. I'm a first-generation student, a freshman at UNCA, and a computer science major. I'm from Black Mountain, North Carolina, and I'm here today with Mia Feinsiller, a fellow freshman at UNCA. How are you doing today, Mia? And could you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm very excited to chat today. I'm from Park City, Utah, and I'm studying to be an art major. Thank you for joining me today. So we were chatting a week ago at a coffee shop, and we got in conversation about bioprinting and all the things it can do. I talked about how I believe bioprinting can solve lots of important social problems, like creating organs, helping us produce homes, and even make food. You said you were sort of familiar with the topic, but you wanted to learn more. Yeah, you told me bioprinting is like 3D printing, but I barely know how 3D printing works. I just know it can make lots of things. So could you start there? What on earth is 3D printing and how exactly does it work? Absolutely. So 3D printing is a technology that lets you make three-dimensional solid objects from a digital file. Any digital file? Well, no. Um, you'll have to use an STL file. An STL file is a file format native to the stereolithography CAD software used by 3D systems. So you'll have to design in a computer and then it can be made. Hold on. I'm not much of a computer person. What is an STL file and what's CAD software? Well, CAD stands for Computer Animated Design. This software allows you to create, modify, and analyze computer designs STL stands for Standard Triangle Language. So this is a file format that is often used by computer design and can be easily uploaded to 3D printing devices. This is done automatically when a CAD file is converted to an STL file. The program breaks the CAD into triangles so it can be read by the system and printed. Okay, well, once you have the file and everything, how long does it take for something to be printed? So let's say you wanted something simple, like a pencil holder. It would take like 10 to 20 minutes to be made. The most common used 3D printer is an FDM printer, which is the printer you usually see when you search up 3D printers. This printer can make pencil holders, Pikachu figurines, or even a pair of shoes. This 3D printer uses a plastic filament during the production. I've seen something on YouTube about houses being made. Do they also use that same printer and the same material? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, so they don't use the same material and they don't use the same printer. That company is called Icon and they're located in Austin, Texas. And they are making 3D printed homes for the homeless, which takes about 24 hours to make. I think this is a great idea and a creative way to use 3D printed technology to help people in different ways. I know they're trying to make affordable, dignified housing available to everyone throughout the world. So the material they are using to make these homes are made with a cement-based mix designed to be pumped and extruded without slumping, bonding between layers, and hardening quickly. The machine's use is a gantry, which is an overhead bridge structure. This equipment system is designed to precisely control the deposition of concrete over a large print area. 
Okay, so I get 3D printing now. How is it different from bioprinting? Bioprinting is when we use 3D printing technology with materials that incorporate viable living cells to produce tissue for reconstruction surgery. Oh, wow. That's awesome. It sounds like it could really be important in the medical field. Couldn't agree more. I believe this is revolutionary technology that could save a lot of human lives. So do we have that technology yet? Or how close are we? So we don't have the technology to print some vital organs like kidneys, hearts, or livers yet, but we have made some important strides in the right direction. So far, scientists have made 3D printed steak, blood vessels, and even human tissue, which doesn't get rejected by the human body. I did see something on social media about printed meat. That would have been really helpful when Lady Gaga made that meat dress. I want to try it out because I love steak. That could be very helpful to our environment, don't you think? We could cut down on slaughterhouses. Yeah, 3D printed meat has so many environmental benefits, reducing greenhouse gases, providing a sustainable protein source for all consumers, and promoting a cruelty-free way to satisfy the demand for meat. I want to try it out as well. I also read this matches the texture and flavor of the steak by using filament made by ingredients such as peas, seaweed, and rice. This gives the texture of the meat while also including a healthy nutrient without growing tissue at all, which just makes my mouth water just thinking about it. Sounds yummy. So is this why you got so interested in bioprinting? I wish it was, but no. I got interested in bioprinting because of the fifth element. What, like you saw the fifth element on the periodic table? No, it's this action sci-fi movie that was made in 1997. Oh, okay. For a second there, I thought you were talking about boron, the fifth element on the periodic table. So what does bioprinting have to do with this movie? Well, there's a scene in the fifth element where they had the hand in a capsule and there was these robots that just went into work and the machine made Mila Jonovich with just that hand, using it as a template somehow. I recommend watching the movie. Oh, wow. So that's how Mila Jovovich was made? What? No. I was just trying to make a joke. <laughs> oh. Well, I haven't watched the whole movie, but I have seen that scene you're talking about where they made the body around that hand. Is that what bioprinting looks like? Oh, um, only in sci-fi movies. I read this article by Sean Murphy, a cryptographer and current professor at Royal Holloway, the University of London, and also Anthony Atala, a professor of urology and the director of Wake Forest Institute of Regenerative Medicine. So they have a lot of information about bioprinting, and they mention that there's a lot of bioprinting methods, but they usually follow these series of steps. So they first start off by getting the exact dimensions of the tissue by a standard CT or MRI scan. Then they have a blueprint that is generated by using AutoCAD software, which includes layer-by-layer -layer instruction in high detail. So at this point, they can make adjustments to avoid transfer defects. The next step is bioink, which is composed of material used to produce engineered artificial life tissue. So the complete substance is based on the patient and the function specific. So the product printed layer by layer where each layer has a thickness of 0.5 millimeters or less, which is smaller than the tip of the pencil. But everyone is different, so it depends on the number of nozzles and the kind of tissue being printed. The mixture comes out of a nozzle as a high viscous fluid that comes into a solid and holds its shape. The last part is blending and solidification known as crosslinking and may be aided by UV light and specific chemicals or heat. 
Wow, I'm just blown away. That's a lot of steps, but they all seem very necessary to make everything work. What would happen if the host body rejects the tissue or organ for that case? Sean and Anthony mentioned in the article where with any transplant tissue or organ, rejection of the bioprinted constructions by the host immune system is a potential problem that can be overcome by using cells obtained from the same individual or by using strategies that allow the body to accept cells being injected. The group of cells may be obtained by biopsies, generation, and diversification of autologous stem cells through reprogramming approaches. However, if a patient's already ill or has a genetic or metabolic disorder, it may not be possible for the patient to undergo an invasive surgical procedure, and the isolated cell type may not produce the desired function for the bioprinted construct. Yeah, I know it sounds like a long process, but it's helped the scientific field grow this far, and it pushes them to go to greater feats. I'm glad to hear that it has pushed the field, but the risk of rejection seems like a negative of bioprinting. What are other negatives? Yeah, some people um, have certain moral, ethical issues with the technology. Big question often comes up about how much will it cost, and will it just be available for the wealthy? On average, the cost is 400k for a kidney transplant and 1.3 million for a heart and monthly cost anti-rejection drugs that average to 2500 but i think bioprinting can do wonders for everybody just imagine a world where we don't have to be on a waiting list for a vital organ and how many lives it could save i believe this technology if it keeps advancing the way it is the costs of making organs will go down the only negative thing I can think about is many people may not accept new technology like this. That would be a great world to live in. So how many people are on a waiting list for organs? Because it feels like there must be a lot of people waiting. Yeah, there are a ton of people waiting currently. The American Transplant Foundation reports that there's 114,000 plus people in the United States that are on a waiting list for a vital organ. Wow, that's a lot of people. On average, 20 people die a day from the lack of an available organ or from a transplant. That many people? Yeah, and get this, only 3 out of 1,000 people die in a way that allows for organ donation. That's heartbreaking. I've read about the problem before, but I didn't realize how bad it was. Yeah, that's why this technology is so important to people everywhere. There could be so many lives saved just if we had a way to make organs on demand. We have come so far in a short amount of time, and we have a process that works. We're very close to making organs on demand. I can just feel it. Yeah, totally. All this technology sounds very promising, and I can't wait for bioprinting to help all humanity save tons of lives. So who's working behind the scenes on all of this? All of this requires a team of experts in many fields, biologists, engineers, and materials scientists work closely to achieve these feats. That makes sense. Building an organ on a printer is a complicated process. How long do you think it'll be before they can make this whole thing a reality? I think bioprinting will only continue to develop. As we get closer every day, keep your ears perked to the news because you'll never know what will happen in life. And maybe we'll see a heartbeat bioprint in the next decade or so, which will be a massive revolution in science and technology. Well, it was great talking to you, Francisco. I feel like I learned a lot about bioprinting, and now I have a great movie to watch tonight. Of course, no problem. 
Thank you to everyone who is listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Club Court is produced by a multidisciplinary team of students at UNC Asheville, with sound engineering support by undergraduate Kat Sawyer. Jessica Fox, a UNCA graduate, wrote our theme music. Special thanks to the UNCA Video Production and Media Design Lab for their help with this project, and thank you for listening. You can find show notes, including episode credits and links to the research discussed in this episode at clubcore.com episodes. If you like this episode, please share, subscribe, and review. And if you have a question you'd like us to explore, drop us a line. You can find me, Angel Core, on all the socials at Club Core. We'd love to tell your science stories so we can all get it less wrong. Until next time.